Welcome to the show. Hope y'all had a great, great week. I had a pretty crazy week, and I can't wait to tell y'all about it one day. I actually went to Dallas, y'all, and I got a chance to work with the college football playoff and their mock selection exercise. And there's a lot of words, but what that means is, you know, those people that in December, after all the conference championship games, they sit around all night. And the next morning, that Sunday, and they come up with the top 25 teams at that moment. And it means a lot, right? Because the top four end up being in a playoff game. And then several others get to do New Year's Six, which means the big bowls get to choose who they want. And man, I went to Dallas, sat down with Bill Hancock, Andrea Williams, and their team and got to participate in hours of a mock selection. Uh, and man, I had the time of my life. I, I, you, you find yourself fighting for things and people and teams and, and cities, and, and, and you have all the data and statistics that you ever need. I mean, it's just unbelievable. The strength of schedule, uh, you know, head-to-head, who got hurt, you know what I found out that was interesting, though, is penalties don't count. Penalties. And, you know, at the end of a game, a, a bad call can, <laughs> can change the outcome. But, but for those commissioners sitting around that table, that is not a stat or data that you uh, pay attention to. You do pay attention to injuries to some degree. When things are close, you start to consider a lot of little things. All that to say this, y'all. Man, they put a lot of work in that stuff. We're going to one day have Bill Hancock or or Andrea Williams or somebody from the CFP come on the show and talk a little bit about it. But, man, if, for those of you out there that think that uh, this thing is rigged, it doesn't have, you know, that there's no science in it, uh, computers are doing it. Look, computers are not doing it anymore. That was another football series uh but here uh they do this so that we can actually see what happens and man that's a good job i like it i'll tell you more about it when we get somebody on the show but the person we have on the day uh he he knows about all this stuff because uh, i know i told you he's the lottery secretary uh that's pretty and sexy title but this guy was also a huge football star at florida state university and he's from a little place down in South Florida, y'all. They, now we, we call it the muck. Uh, it's Pahokee. He's a superstar from Pahokee. And, uh, you know, y'all know how I talk about Riviera Beach all the time. We used to, we used to beat up on them all the time. I mean, we don't do it now because they made our school Suncoast. They made us smart. Uh, now, I think Pahokee wins a lot. But John Davis, y'all, he's a friend. He's a frat brother. He's our lottery secretary. Uh, he's had many titles. Uh, but I want to get you. I want you to know him as, as just John J D Davis, uh, the guy from the muck, uh, but a guy 
that's uh, grad made good and everything that he's been involved in. And uh, y'all help me welcome to the show. John, you with us? I'm here. I'm here. Thank you, Sean. I appreciate the opportunity to be here to, uh, today. Well, listen, man, I I have to call you Secretary Davis now. Um, <laughs> since the governor <laughs> has appointed you as as the, the head, uh, the go-to guy and the head uh, guy in charge at the Florida Lottery, which is a very, very important thing. But before I get there, man, you know, I was down in, in Bell Glade, Pahokee area not long ago. And, uh, man, I, they love you down there. Uh, they are proud of you. And you actually continue to reach back down there. And uh, how does it feel, man, to, to know that you got a, uh, you got two or three cities down there in an area that uh, praising your name? With, with Sean, I, I, I'll say this first and foremost. I mean, I'm grateful and I'm thankful to uh, to the Lord and, and just my upbringing. I mean, there, there's nothing, I man, I tell people today, uh, yeah, I'm from, from Mug City uh, by way of Pahokee. And I would not change uh, anything uh, today. Of course, you'd love to, to be able to, you know, to have access to various things there. But that upbringing, I mean, the love, you know, from that community, the way we all engage with each other, uh, the collaboration uh, to be able to help others. I mean, it's all rooted there. And, and, it's, and it's a special place. I mean, Muck City is a special place. Many individuals know us for the, the athletes that we produce. Uh, but just having quality people who are committed uh, to excellence and, and just, just being great, I mean, it's nothing uh, that I would ever uh, would change from, from my upbringing. And I tell people, uh, because of that upbringing, there is nothing in life that I, I believe that I'm faced with that I can't overcome. I mean, we're just reared that way. I mean, I don't know if it's in the water and there on Lake Okeechobee and, and, and mixed with the muck, uh, but it's there. And anything that I can do, you know, the governor has, uh, Governor DeSantis has appointed me uh, to, to be in this position. And I think it's my role and my responsibility, like anyone else, is to be able to use our platform for good. And, um, you know, my day job. Secretary of the Florida Lottery, uh, but, you know, been able to work with the governor and his team, as well as other leaders throughout our community, the state is something that I really, truly enjoy. And I'm grateful for the opportunity. Well, uh, we're certainly proud that he's that he's put you there. Uh, and um, and I can tell you, your community, you know, it gives them hope that they've got somebody close to the governor that when. Uh, well, I shouldn't say when they have an issue, because like where I'm from, they always have <laughs> issues. Uh, but it, but I think it's nice for them to know that they got somebody who can get to the governor's ear real fast. So so uh, anyway, congratulations on that, man. Uh, but you are the, the secretary of the Florida Lottery, and it's been almost a year, man. How's the first year gone? Well, well, I tell you, the past 12 months have been outstanding uh, and busy. And, and, and here at the lottery, we're, we're celebrating uh, several milestones from this past year. Um, in February, we actually set a new industry record for the highest single-week scratch-off sales of any lottery in the country. Wow. And we were able to, to top uh, $193.5 million uh, just in one week. Wow. And um, th this actually contributed to our year-end record sales of more than $9 billion, and, and, and that's billion with a B. And uh, because of our purpose, I mean, this really serves a uh, purpose of, of helping students and, and, of course, parents 
uh, who, who and, and those guardians who are committed to making sure uh, that these students and their, their um, young ones have a chance uh, to be able to, um, to obtain their goals of a higher education. And so we're really excited about this first year. And uh, additionally, we're, we're, we're taking a closer look at how we can also uh, continue to support communities around the state. And, you know, we've been able to partner with, with organizations that prepare students for college and uh, to be able to give them uh, hands of learning opportunities. And, you know, for example, uh, Pace Centers for Girls, the Consortium of Florida Education Foundation, and of course, even with the uh, Orange Bowl uh, committee, host committee's uh, innovation space makeover uh, that they're doing down in the tri-counties of Miami-Dade, um, Palm Beach, as well as Broward, and, and there are many other organizations in which that align with the mission of the lottery in which we're working with. Well, listen, I appreciate you mentioning the Orange Bowl. I try to tell folks that we do good things, man, and you, we were happy to have you down in Miami uh, a couple weeks ago, helping to open up one of the media centers that you the, that you just talked about, and man, those things are absolutely phenomenal. And being able to do that in the glades is amazing. Yep. And being able to do that, you know, we got it coming up with one in the glades and one in Riviera Beach coming up. Man, that's me and you. <laughs> yep. Uh, so it's 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 great for y'all. We appreciate y'all's partnership on that. Absolutely, Shannon. I think it's important that that commitment. To, to many of these challenging communities, I think is uh, is also important. Uh, you know, across the board, we're doing all the things that we need to do. Anyone has the opportunity uh, to be great, to, re- to receive, to for us to be able to help support, uh, but also to have that special attention of making sure that those that are in these challenging communities uh, are, are provided the resources to, to help elevate them as well is, is something I think that's special that you all are doing uh, with the Orange Bowl uh, Committee as well. Well, we thank you for your partnership. Ms. Secretary, when you think about the lottery has been around since 1988, uh, over $40 billion, um, given the education over that period of time. Uh, and recently you you had a huge win. You surpassed $2 billion contributed to education in a single fiscal year. And that, and that was for the first time ever. How did you accomplish that? And, and, and how do you make sure that keeps trending in the right direction? Yeah, a great question. I mean, and, and then really that's what we exist to do. Um, we're able, I mean, here at the lottery, we're able to, uh, to generate uh, benefits and revenues to be able to fund pretty much every facet of education here in Florida from K through 12, uh, all of our state colleges, as well as universities, and our communities from the Panhandle to the Keys. And in, in, in doing that, um, it, it's very important uh, to make sure that we have the team, we have the, the people uh, that are in place and who understand the importance of providing quality games uh, for those who are 18 and over, who are playing the lottery, uh, have a chance to, uh, to to be able to, to to never become stale. At one point, at, at any given time, we may have 80 plus games that's in circulation, scratch games, and of course about 10 different um, uh, Powerball uh, or draw games is what we call them. And 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 that's something in which we they're 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 built to be fun, low cost form of entertainment. And we do this of making sure that all players are playing responsibly. Uh, we're committed to make sure that individuals understand that this is not a, a get-rich-quick scheme. 
that some may may say, but it, it's something in which we're we're working to to work with uh, our players and others across uh, the state uh, to have a, a, a form of entertainment, and that every dollar that's spent. There's a percentage that goes towards funding education. And uh, we've been around since 1988. Uh, we have a, a heck of a team that's been able to do great things and to provide the best games possible along with our partners. And we've been able since then to be able to to, to eclipse that milestone of, of more than $40 billion that's been sent to education. Every month, we are sending funds uh, to the Educational Enhancement Trust Fund, and uh, we're at a tune of about five point, uh, approximately about five point seven million dollars a day, and we're really excited about that. Wow, listeners, if you're just tuning in, we are talking to John Davis, the Secretary of the Florida Lottery recently appointed by uh, Governor Ron DeSantis. I say recently, it was about 12 months ago, but the first time we're having him here on the show within as he caps off his, his first year as a lottery secretary. Uh, very proud to have him on the show today. Um, but let's talk about where the rubber meets the road, Secretary Davis, uh, the lottery itself. We just saw a woman in, in Florida win twice in the same day. <laughs> two, two million mega. Well, I, I don't even know all of what she won, but she won twice. She paid today. Uh, how does that make the lottery feel? Does it scare you a little bit that you start thinking, man, how she won twice? She got somebody to work here. <laughs> I mean, what what is it as the secretary? And that hits you. Obviously, that's an anomaly. I don't know how many times yeah. that has happened in the past, but. But talk to us about what, <laughs> take us behind the curtain. Yeah, well, well I can tell you, um, we, again, as I mentioned, we, we have a, a heck of a team in place uh, from top to bottom throughout the state. And um, being able uh, to meet, you know, our winners and to be able to share in their excitement is one of the highlights, I, you know, of working here at the lottery. I mean, we, we love hearing these stories. Uh, in fact, the young lady uh, from Boca Raton, who you're making reference to, uh, who won the $2 million, a uh, mega millions uh, winning ticket. She told us, she told the team that her husband was actually the one who bought the second ticket by mistake. Uh, wow. n- now, to talk about a win-win situation. Uh, now, now, while, while these situations, hey, my, you know, my phone are not blowing typical, up right now, man. My phone blowing up. People want to know. <laughs> wow. Listen, now, this isn't typical, uh, you know, on a daily basis. But but it's not an anomaly, uh, you know. You know that's completely unheard of either. But ultimately, every ticket has a chance to win. And whether you win a free ticket or jackpot, I mean, every ticket when we we truly believe is, is a win for education. So it's um, I I guess it goes to show you. I mean, there there is an opportunity, uh, and you just never know which ticket is going to be the winner. Man, I'm putting a private investigator on her, man. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, well I, I can assure you the, the integrity of this game and, and, you know, for individuals who may have a chance to be able to visit Tallahassee to kind of see and, you know, we from time to time we're able to do tours. Talk to us about the operation of the Florida Lottery. I mean, you were kind of going into that. What does it take to run such a massive organization? Well, I tell you, Sean, I mean, as I was you know, mentioning earlier with the team, um, you'll be surprised to know that we consist of, you know, only 418 employees statewide. And, and as I mentioned, 
Uh, last year, our sales exceeded $9 billion. Uh, and the previous year, we, we our sales is, uh, was slightly over $7.5 billion. I mean, so we, we, we really had perhaps the, the best year in the history of the lottery. And when you put that that number of $9 billion into perspective, uh, if, if Florida, if the Florida lottery were to be ranked among a Fortune 500 companies, we would outperform Southwest Airlines, uh, companies like Ralph Lauren, Hershey's, and, 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 and others. And when you begin to look at the number of employees that we have versus, say, Southwest Airlines have, I think, about over 50,000 employees, I mean, respect. There is, we believe, no no comparison compared to just the commitment that we have, and I and I believe, I mean, historically, the opportunity has been created, you know, and work between our legislature, uh, and 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 of course, you know, with the, with the governor's office and 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 Governor Santos. Even when I came on board, you know, his, you know, there are two things uh, that were important to him uh, to make sure that we continue to generate revenue for education. And to make sure, uh, of course, that that we do it in a very efficient way. And we've been able to do that uh, to think back when the lottery early in its early years had over 900 employees. Uh, so wow. we're, we're extremely wow, excited. Yes. Yes. We're extremely excited from what we're able to do uh, with what we have. And everyone from bottom to top and top to bottom throughout at every level is committed uh, to the work that we do here. And uh, I'm, I'm grateful. Uh, that, you know, the legislature and, of course, working through the governor's uh, budget uh, have been able to give us the tools and the resources that we need to continue to be successful. So we, we, we have awesome, man. I, I tell awesome. people I work. Uh, I have the best job in Florida. Well, I think you do. Let me let me ask you a couple specific questions about um, the lottery and, and where you're headed. Like, do you all have data that talks about, you know, trends you know like the uptick right you said last year was a huge year is there is there a reason that um people decide to buy more or is it the production of more games is it um um, better advertising i mean how what how do you how do you explain the uptick um as it relates to this the last year that we were talking about i think it's it's a combination of all of those things sean um, I think we, we've done, uh, the team, we've done a, a heck of a job of, you know, we have a team that is responsible for research. You know, of course, our sales, our product, and and, and, our, and, and our research team, which is uh, headed up by uh, one of our deputy secretaries, uh, Justin Rock. He and his team uh, throughout the state, they do a heck of a job of, of make that mix and working with our vendors. Uh, we have a couple of our primary vendors um, you know, dealing with IGT, SciGame, uh, and, 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 and Pollard and, and, and others in which we work with. So we're, we're constantly, I, I like to equate it to when we think about uh, Apple or we think about Samsung and Google, they, those engineers are always working. They're constantly looking at, they have patents and things that are going to happen 10 years from now. And those are things that we're doing at the lottery. We're looking at what that mix may be of fun, low cost and entertaining games uh, that our players want, would like to continue to play. Of course, playing it in a, in a responsible way. And then the other thing that's important is our uh, marketing team. 
uh, and which works hand in hand with our product and our sales team and, and making sure that as we're rolling out, uh, you know, we, you can see the commercials that we have. Uh, we're using every facet of media to be able to engage uh, with our with our potential customers and we're listening to our customers as well to make sure that we're providing uh, that fun low-cost and entertaining uh, games that they all will like to play and a part of that is working with other states and looking at best practices I get a chance to, to sit on a couple of national boards in which I engage with my peers from around the country uh, to look at ways in which we can continue to uh, to be effective as well as to be cutting edge in our approach uh, to being able to provide these games. And of course, ultimately, at the end of the day, this is all about how we provide additional funding for education. And I think our legislature, as well as our governor, uh, has done a heck of a job of, of making sure that, you know, our sandbox is clean to be able to do that. You know, I was, uh, thanks for all that. That's, that, that, that's very helpful, um, to hear that. All, and that's sort of behind the scenes that we don't get to, we don't get, we don't get to read that. So thank you for that. You got a big job, Mr. Davis, and we yeah. are really proud of you. And, and we got to have you back one day because I didn't get a chance to really talk about all the, all the great things <laughs> you've done before you got here. Uh, so listeners, I would even just tell you to to Google Secretary John Davis and just take a look at his history and his past because uh, you'll be impressed and you'll say, yeah, yeah, that's why he's the right guy for this job. So, John, man, we really appreciate you, man. Sean, listen, again, we appreciate the opportunity uh, anytime to be able to, first and foremost, you know, to, to, to chop it up on frat brother, uh, someone I've known for, for quite some time and, and to be able to talk about the work that we're doing here at the lottery and being able to work with the policymakers and of course this governor and uh, we're, we're having fun here and doing all that we can to, to be able to help fund education on a continuous basis uh, throughout Florida and we appreciate all of those uh, who are 18 and older who uh, continue to play our fun low cost and entertaining games Thank all you. right y'all hear it first right here from Secretary Davis Go buy a lottery ticket. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Thank you. And uh, hey, we, we'll definitely uh, continue to to uh, support and pray for our boys over uh, down the street over at uh, Florida State. Go Nose. Go Nose. <laughs> Listen, stay go with knows. us. We'll be right back with a short Pittman Thank point you. right after this. Welcome back to the show. And y'all, this was a busy week all across the board. We got infrastructure, a debt ceiling crisis, social safety net legislation, and many other types of great interests. Uh, flashing across our news screens, but nothing captivated us more quite like the issues we are seeing with Facebook. And I know most of you are on Facebook, so this 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 Pittman point is for you. Uh, earlier this week, a whistleblower went public on 60 Minutes and uh, and testified before the U.S. Senate about the insurrection that took place on January 6 and Facebook's alleged outsized role in that faithful day. Uh, according to the whistleblower, shutting down the civic integrity team and turning off election misinformation tools was a great contributor uh, to what happened on January 6th. Of course, Facebook says, no, we didn't do that. They, they said <laughs> it's hard for them to regulate all the information that comes across their site. Uh, but that's not where the issues end for Facebook. More revelations came to light this week, uh, alleging that Facebook covered up damning research that 
their own research, by the way, that show the harmful impacts uh, of its social media platforms like Instagram um, on adolescents, specifically teenage girls. Um, so the leaked internal study showed that for a certain population of youth, this type of content can be associated with serious body image concerns. And if you have kids, I'm sure you know that it doesn't stop there. But again, uh, Mark Zuckerberg pushed back, saying the report was misinterpreted. Uh, but it seems to me Facebook got exactly what it was looking for. Uh, they simply didn't like the result. All of this is about money, y'all. Uh, and Facebook needs to make money. Uh, well, they make money by your clicks and by the time that you spend on Facebook. So they're not trying to do things to get you off of it. Uh, and I think that's the reality of where we are. So the pivot point today is let's take a look at some significant regulatory changes for big tech companies like Facebook. Look, y'all, our founding fathers did great things when they came up with this country and the rules and the laws and the Constitution and everything that that we would have to follow. It's been almost 300 years and they did an incredible job at foreseeing the future. But there's no way they could have known about Facebook and Instagram uh, and these platforms that connect us all and give everybody a voice. Um, it's clear to me that these platforms are too powerful to go unchecked, particularly um, with the stakes as high as they are right now. There's just simply too much to lose. Uh, and we've got to do something about this. We got to take a hard look. And I'm not just talking about all of us but we've got to encourage our leaders to do the same. We've got to craft a path forward to a healthier place for everyone. This has been the Sean Pittman Show, and we'll see you in seven.